This is the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, episode number nine. Here we go. What's up, everyone? This is Blake and Peter, and welcome back to the Ridgeline Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers aspiring leaders to identify, connect to, and advance on the path of leadership. Last episode, we talked about goals and how to set them, what they were. And today, we're going to be talking about one of the ways that we accomplish those goals through ownership and responsibility. There's a lot of talk about ownership. There's a lot out there as far as the Instagram mentality. I think we've probably talked about that before, but how does this relate to being a leader? Yeah, so I, th- I think that this having ownership, having responsibility matters because there has to be somebody keeping a pulse on the vision of what we're trying to accomplish. If we want to see anything get accomplished in this world, somebody's got to direct the the effort, the momentum towards that location. Um, there's a, a great quote by Vern Harnish um, who wrote Scaling Up. And he, he talks about keeping um, 1% of effort on vision and 99% of effort on alignment. And oh, that's that so good. Not focusing so strictly that everything's vision, everything's vision, and kind of up in your head and up in the ether. And yeah, we got these good plans for goal setting, but there has to be an effort pushing towards the alignment of that vision. And somebody has got to hold the ownership and the responsibility for that vision. Um, and and vice and, and kind of down the line, there has to be people owning that for the alignment too. Right. So really, as we as we talk about, um, as we look back on last episode, without this, no goal is going to be accomplished because there is no vision for that goal. No one's owning that, and then no one's executing. Yeah. So without without this ownership and without this responsibility, we're not going to get anything done. Yeah. And leadership means that people are following. Right. So there have to like leadership. Sure. You can lead yourself and that's important, but leadership means that you're also helping people direct towards something. We can do so much more in this life with others and with people around us than we can by ourselves. It's just, just basic arithmetic there. Right. But the way I, I kind of visualize ownership and responsibility is this idea of a ship right? Like the old style ship that there was mm-hmm. a captain and there were people who had um, the the element of taking care of the sails. And then you had the person who was maybe um, manning the wheel. I don't know ship things, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> I, I know like Good people man. who actually understand ships are like, this guy is killing it. I, I think am. it's I'm called sorry. a rudder. Whatever. So like directing the rudder by the wheel thingy, we'll call it wheel thingy. <laughs> people are going to love yes. that. Um, and And just all these other responsibilities to keep the alignment there has to be somebody responsible in that ship. And that's, that's going to be your captain who's leading the vision. Okay. That doesn't mean every, it's always the same person, but it's somebody who's leading the vision of whatever it is of the goal that you're trying to accomplish. Hmm. Um, so everybody has a level of ownership. Everybody has a level of responsibility with their tasks. And 
when people own those things really well, like you just get the best well-run machine because there's less micromanagement in that. There's less, hey, you need to be tightening this. You need to be doing this. Hey, why aren't you doing this? No, take the ownership for, for what it is you're doing that is helping the alignment and the direction and the will of what this ship is going towards. So everybody has responsibility and ownership for their stuff or for their whatever part. Right. Okay. It seems that what's at stake here is it's goals being completed. It's life being happened. A lot of people put far more effort into not taking ownership than it would even take to put in to have the ownership. Like people yeah. are putting in a ton of willpower to not do something or to not have ownership than the far less willpower to actually take the ownership and responsibility of that task. So you mentioned that um, people are putting in so much more willpower to not take ownership. Mm -hmm. why, why do you think that is? What's the reason behind that? I think fear of failure. Hmm. I think fear that the failure, and we talked about failure in a past podcast, but I think the fear that that failure means they are a failure instead of that a thing happened and it didn't work out well, right? Uh, so I yeah, think people are so afraid to fail that they would rather put in a ton of effort to not do anything and not be in the limelight of failure than the less effort to be in the limelight of success. And so mm -hmm. I just... My heart goes out for him, really, but so much more. I here's a good story. <laughs> okay, there. Um, I have not always been a good worker. I have not always just been a great leader, or whatever. So mm -hmm. transparency time. I remember um, finding a place when I was working real early on in electrical. Okay, and I remember being working on this. Uh, I think it was a Walmart or somewhere, uh, and in. The store, as I was working and doing electrical work, I found this cubby in between some like product that oh, you could hide in and yeah. nobody would know where you were for hours. And I remember like going through crazy amount of effort to not do anything <laughs> and try to find good places like that to hide and not. Yes. I, but I spent so much willpower, resource, stress to do nothing instead of going out and doing something, I remember at one point, this, this honestly, like, it's so funny how fresh this just popped back up. But, you know, I, I kind of wonder if that wasn't a turning point in my life. Because I remember at one time being there and being like, what the hell am I doing? What am I doing with life? Yeah, like, I would hate to have lived an entire life having existed subpar. And, and I don't need to be remembered, but I want now to have believed that my life was worth a damn instead yeah. of trying to find good ways to hide and not do anything. So responsibility, ownership, they're just the keys to leadership, sure, but like having ownership and responsibility in your, in your tasks and in what your life to get accomplished you want it to be, man, that's the way to be. Yeah, that's the way to be. Absolutely. So what we've kind of talked about what it doesn't look like, what 
what does ownership and responsibility give to us that we may not even realize is going to be a part of this? It gives us confidence. Hmm. It gives us um, calm and collectedness. See, when you have ownership and you believe that all outcomes come by your hand at some level, whether that's you leading people or you leading yourself and you believe that, hey, my result is by my um, thoughts and my actions instead of by a circumstance, when you can believe that mentality, then we're not afraid of the circumstance quite as much. Life doesn't just happen to us at that point. Um, The sticking with the whole ship concept, the person who says like it was a complete failure because uh, all of a sudden a wave came up and just destroyed us. No, the person who has ownership sees the wave, they see the circumstance Mm -hmm. and they say, you know what? I got an idea. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this effort and it may be successful. It may fail, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm out for the vision of getting where we need to get. And so instead of saying there's no, there's no hope for us, saying, well, what if there is, and we can just push through this, we can have vision and we can move forward. So, so really what you're saying is as we keep our eyes on that vision, um, and as we take the ownership, we take the responsibility, we're able to focus on the solutions, not the problem. Yes. To use, to use your analogy, you know, you've got a wave coming from the side. Mm. You could either go, oh shit, we're going to die and just kind of hang on. Or you can focus on the solution of it, which would be to, and again, I don't know anything about it. I just know what I've seen from movies. You know, you face the the wave head on. Mm. It hurts. It's painful, but it's with the end goal in mind. And the end goal is to get to your destination, Mm. right? So keeping that vision in mind allows us to look at those solutions. We find the solutions. We're working on the solution. We're not just focusing on the problem of, oh shit, there's a wave. Yeah, good point. And that does that allows us to to lean into the danger. I mean, we're going to have to. And I think it's important to recognize that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's oh, okay yeah. to feel like you don't know what you're doing sometimes. It's okay to feel like this is all new and we're not really sure what the next steps are going to be. Yeah, and and I would like to speak to that too, just saying not only is it okay to be uncomfortable, but I would challenge you, if you want to be a person who has ownership in what you do and takes responsibility, sit with the the discomfort, be uncomfortable. It's okay. You'll just, you'll start to realize that it's, it's a feeling, it's a vibration. It's not going to kill you. Um, but sit with it. And when, when you find it's okay to be uncomfortable, you won't be shocked when the tension comes and when the opportunity of discomfort comes, you're not going to be like, Oh my gosh, because you believe that it, you know what? It was always supposed to happen this way. Whatever your circumstance is, was supposed to happen this way. Want to know how I know? Because it happened that way. Right, exactly. What are you bringing in? God, karma, anything else? I don't don't care here. I'm just saying it happened, therefore it happened. So lean into it. Um, I think think something we need to know uh, is is also what it is not, what Mm. ownership and what responsibility is not. Because a lot of times... What people do is they look in at somebody who has good ownership and has good responsibility and does these things, and they see the things they do, and they try to define um, ownership and responsibility by what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, somebody had an answer for you. Oh, that must mean that ownership and responsibility is having all the answers. No, no it's not. No it's not having all the answers. Um, 
They may say, oh, but look, having ownership and being responsible means you're the smartest person in the room. No, hopefully not. We don't want to be the smartest people in the room. Right. Um, it's also not micromanaging. It's not about the person telling someone what to do. You saw someone go tell someone. So then you think that all responsible ownership is going and just always telling people what to do. No, it's not. I mean, it's it, everything we're talking about. It's not having all the answers. It's not being the smartest pe person in the room. It's not micromanaging because you trust your people to have right. that same responsibility and ownership in their tasks. I think that's why, um, just to, to jump in real quick, you mm -hmm. kind of talked about, you know, having the vision ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I think part of it too is getting that vision to your people. Yeah. And that helps, that helps with this micromanaging part. I just wanted to bring that up is they have the vision too. So if they're holding it with ownership because they're following your lead, they've got the vision as well. I mean, sometimes they might do something a little different than you expected, but they're heading towards that goal. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I think it's also, um, and, and this one's the hardest part, and maybe is why people are resistant to ownership and responsibility, but it's owning the consequences of the result. Mm. It's owning That's hard. the fault. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's this Iraqi soldier. I believe he's the one who wrote Extreme Ownership, uh, Jocko Will Willink. I I'm not sure, but uh, Navy SEAL. He was in the... Um, he was in war and he had this Ted talk I watched recently and it was really like heartbreaking, but he talks about how um, they were in the midst of war and they were out walking around him and his Navy SEALs and some friendly Iraq soldiers. And as they're out walking around, uh, he just said that war just broke out. Something happened that just sparked everything. Wow. And all of a sudden he said that he called it the dust of war. All of a sudden just, everything was chaotic and he said shots were being fired um friendly iraqi shoulder soldier was shot killed many others wounded bloodied hurt and he said that when the dust settled they realized it was all friendly fire and it was all stuff that they had caused and there oh was no opposition and so uh as soon as it happened um everything went back to the um his commanding officer and he was told, basically, get your ass back here. The investigator, the master chief, and everybody's on their way, and you better be ready to debrief what happened. And so as he's getting back there, he said he's, he's writing up at his debriefing, and he's looking at all these people who made mistakes, and he said, so-and-so did this, and he's writing it down, and so-and-so did this, and he's writing it down. And he said that um, he started to see that there were so many people who had mistakes in this, and so... Um, he said he was just looking for a way to basically have all whose fault is it was this whole meeting. So he was just trying to have a good answer for how it was everybody else's fault. And he said that 10 minutes before the meeting, uh, his revol resolve and understanding of the whole scenario changed. And so he gets into the room and there's the investigator, there's the master chief, there's his commanding officers, and there's all the other wounded Navy SEALs sitting in there. <clears throat> And he said, he said he started off with a question. He said, whose fault is this? And all of a sudden, one of his Navy SEALs raised his hand. He said, it's my fault because this happened. And he said, it's not your fault. Then another Navy SEAL raised his hand and said, well, it's my fault because I didn't check this. And he said, it's not your fault. And he said that other people 
said, it's my fault because this happened and I shot the friendly Iraqi. It's my fault. He said, it's not your fault. And they finally, at the end, he said, it's my fault. I was leading this. I commanded this. I didn't have control where I needed it. There is nobody else's fault. It is my fault. Wow. And he just took, he said, to hell with the ego. It, it hurt. It was a slam on the ego. He said, but when he did it, he said he didn't get fired. He didn't get huge repercussions because he didn't fight it. He knew yeah. that it was his. In fact, he said that he started moving up faster and growing through the organ through the, the seals because people trusted the fact yeah. that he owned his shit. This is that idea of leaders eat last. Simon Sinek wrote a book called Leaders Eat Last. And it's just that idea of owning the responsibility, not being unwilling to do whatever it takes. Um, but just that right there, owning the consequences of the result is so important. And also, on the flip side, it's not it, it's sharing the victory. Yeah. As things are successful and it's great and it's such a win. To be able to say, yeah, but you know why? It's because that guy did what he was supposed to. It's because yes. that girl, she did she did amazing things. This woman stepped up and did this. It's us taking and celebrating that the team accomplished it. That's the we, not me mentality. So being able to own your consequences, taking your faults, sharing in the, the victory, right? And I just want to say that ownership and responsibility are not given to you. You have to take them. That this, was one thing that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was what I was struck by that that story you told too is he didn't have anybody come to him and say, "Hey, maybe you should think about your part in this." That was his mentality of yeah. looking at the situation. He stepped up and said, of his own um, uh, motivation, "This is mine. Mm-hmm. I own this. It's on me." And we take that position. If we wait for somebody to give us that position, it'll never happen. Yeah. And what's so cool when you do this is what you perceive or you think will happen by doing it almost rarely ever happens. Yeah. In fact, when you start exemplifying leadership and serving others in this way by taking the, the failure on your own uh, and sharing in victory – is you start to see that that ownership and responsibility is contagious and other mm. people become leaders because they view this art heart and this attitude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's where, that's where accountability comes in. And it's such a huge part of this. And I'm not talking about just downstream. A lot of us think of the organization, you know, when we're talking about work, we talk about the leader holding the followers accountable. It goes both ways. Mm. Sometimes the followers are part of the realignment process by holding the leader accountable to that vision as well. Without that, um, that's where micromanaging comes in. That's where dictatorship comes in. That's where all the problems start coming in uh, when we're not keeping that alignment because we forget that we need accountability from others to keep us on course. If we, um, there's, a, there's a study, a couple studies out there that talk about 90 days cycle, right? Um, and every 90 days, we as humans need to be reminded of where we're headed and what our goals are at minimum. Um, so we know that we're predi- predispo- predisposed, yeah, predisposed, that's the word, um, to get off of course. Mm-hmm. And if we put ourselves on this, on this island with no one that we're accountable to, then we're going to be off course. Absolutely. Um, and, and in order to, to stay on that course, in order to accept this accountability, 
we have got to give a damn about this vision. Oh, so good. We've got to actually care about where we're going. Otherwise, we have no motivation. There's no point to it for us. Um, it's, it's this worthless endeavor that somebody else is holding the vision for. Somebody else is going to get us there. And that keeps us from holding any type of ownership or responsibility. Um, and, and we've got to understand what our goal is, right? So if we want to care about the vision, we've got to understand where we're going and how we're going to get there. And, and which means you've got to spend time on the vision too. Yeah. So this is not saying, like, I want to be really clear here. This is not saying that vision is um, less important than alignment or that alignment is more important than vision. They're both crucial and they both need the the time and the attention that they deserve. Mm-hmm. But once you have the vision, once you have the heading, it is about staying on that alignment. That 1% vision versus 99% alignment is just keyed to be in this um ownership and responsibility mindset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I'm, I'm kind of getting out of this too, is that it allows us to be proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. There's going to be an, an element of reactivity, right? We're going to have things come up that we're not expecting, but if we're looking towards that, that end goal, and we're always keeping that in mind as our vision and we're realigning as we need to, to again, to use that, um, you know, the example of the ship with the wave coming, the reactive part of it is to turn the ship, but the proactive part of it is we're turning it in time, mm-hmm. right? We're not just waiting to the last second and all of a sudden realize, oh shit, we haven't been looking to the sides of us because all we're doing is just, you know, whatever the hell we want, but we're actually watching for those things because we're keeping our eyes on the goal, which is to get to the destination in one piece with all of our cargo, right? Mm-hmm. So then our proactiveness is to turn the ship ahead of time. We can face off against a lot of problems that way and and minimize those problems becoming life altering or in this case, you know, sinking the ship. But if we're constantly just looking at reactive or being reactive because we're not focused on the realignment, we're not focused on the vision, we're going to sink the ship in a heartbeat. So as we we've talked about a lot about what it is, what it's not, how do we get there? What are some practical things that we can do today? As, as I'm sure all of us want to take more ownership, want to take more responsibility, what are some things that we can start doing right now that will help us on that path? Okay, so I probably would want to start with the stops, <laughs> what we okay. need to stop doing, the mindsets yeah. we need to get out of first uh, in order to really like redefine a room or rearrange a room. You got to clean it first and get all the yeah. shit out of there. So I think there's some shit in our minds and in our mindsets. Um, the first one I would say is stop complaining. Like mm. complainers feel like things never should have happened or it sh- this, this happened and it shouldn't have happened. And it's like offensive that it even happened. Um, guys, there's so much that's going to happen in life yeah. that just happens. Okay. Yep. Life's 50, 50. We've talked about this concept a couple of times, 50% good or positive things that are happening, 50% not so good or positive. Okay. So if that's the case, that helps us get into a mindset that, well, yeah, of course, something happened like this. It's going to happen. And instead of complaining about it, I'm just going to take responsibility. So first one is stop complaining. Stop thinking that everything is just trying to happen to you and that Mm -hmm. the world is trying to destroy you. Stop being a victim. Stop. You cannot both have ownership and walk in responsibility and also be a victim. You can't. Yeah, true. Okay. So 
just stop. I'm sorry, stop complaining. I feel like I'm screaming at stop it. <laughs> right. uh, the next one would be stop blaming. Mm. This is hard, guys. This one's really like stop complaining. Like you can hear complainers and people can turn to people and say, hey, you know what? Stop being a little bitch, right? Stop being yeah. a little punk right now. Get over it. That's fine. But stop blaming is a very subtle one that we can hide, right? It's yeah, it's a temptation true. that can stay in our heads or can come out of our mouths at the same time, okay? So the temptation is that we all hate to have failure on our resume. We do, but it's okay. It's mm -hmm. okay to fail. So when that temptation comes, and you'll know when it comes because we all have conscience and we all can experience and feel it, maybe, maybe your go-to is to point the finger. Maybe your go-to really quickly is... Um, is to throw somebody else under the bus. But my my encouragement here would not be just stop blaming. No, like my encouragement uh, is to first just stop and take a breath before you do anything. Before you decide to blame or not blame, to take ownership or not take ownership, my actual first encouragement in these kind of mindset shifts is just stop and think. Stop and just be a thinker for a minute. Think through it. Did I did I have some fault here? Right. Yeah. And if your answer is no really quick, ask yourself again. Yeah. Are you say, sure? Like, are you yeah, sure this isn't absolutely times. true? And then yeah. you just kind of allow yourself to work through it because blaming gets you nowhere. Hmm. Like it just ke keeps the attention off of you from having to take ownership. But we all know it's going to catch up with you. If you don't take ownership and you're always blaming, hmm. um, people will hate you. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds harsh, but I'm just going to be real. That's true. People will hate you. They won't want to be around you. You'll look around at the end of a life full of blaming people and you're going to be alone. Okay. Right. Taking ownership and taking the failure on yourself. I, I just believe at the end of life, you're going to look around and be surrounded by a ton of people who love you and love that you stood in a gap for them. So I think that's, that's really, um, super important i think something with stop blaming too i was just thinking about this um we're not going to actually focus on any solutions mm. if all we're doing is looking for hey who didn't turn the ship right when the wave came who didn't turn the ship we're alive but the ship isn't turned then all we're going to do is focus on that and the next wave that comes across is going to sink us but if we're not focused on who but focused on how do we fix it mm. then that becomes the the who of who is taking this who is who's creating the solution who's helping with the solution we've kind of talked about that before too um with this too we refuse to take it personally mm. we we cannot um we, we've got to stop taking anything like this personally on fault right kind of what we talked about here just because um we're um, because we're a part of it doesn't mean that it's personally an attack against us because we failed doesn't describe us and make us a failure. Right. Um, so in this case, we need to care for the vision over our personal interests. And, in, in caring for the vision, I, I just, you gotta have the right care in the mm -hmm. vision. So like you say, Hey, the vision is this. And my goal is to be the one who looks like he brings the vision home. Hold on. Right. I was, dude, I sat on a, a call with Mitch Daniels this morning and he said something so profound. 
I wrote it down. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but he said that I, like me personally, I should never be in the question of why when it comes to vision. Hmm. It shouldn't be about me. It always should be about why does this vision matter and how are we going to bring this to fruition? So caring for that vision over personal interest will take you so much further. I think another thing we need to do is be consistent. Um, yeah. it, it's not about the big meta responsibility things you take. It's, it's in all of it. It's in the small things. So that's where I would encourage you start with something small over and over to build consistency in this responsibility and ownership. This, they're, they're, a, th a thing that um, the military does that I think is just fascinating on many levels, but they, every morning when they wake, you have to make your bed. Now, a lot of things are done there. Okay. Yes. Right. I think first you have a sense of accomplishment by taking responsibility. And so you're actually allowing dopamine to hit your, um, your whole system right away. First thing, cause you accomplish something immediately and um, accomplishment is like this, building thing that the more you make accomplishments, the easier it gets to make another accomplish, the easier it gets to make another accomplishment. So, mm. um, that consistency of doing something over and over though, is going to build your ability to be responsible and look for ways to be responsible. Um, the last thing I'd say that you guys need to do, we all need to do is live in the present, live in the present, keep our eyes on the goal. I'm telling you in the midst of the ship moving and the storm being around it, the, the captain is not thinking I should get a parrot. <laughs> That's not what it's. Yeah. No, he's in the moment. Yeah. They're thinking about what needs to happen. So be presently where you are. One thing you mentioned there too, is thinking, right? So some areas that we, we really need to take ownership and account and responsibility um, in our thoughts, right? So this isn't just project related, but this is in our thoughts. Um, we need to take ownership and responsibility of our thoughts, of our feelings, how we feel about something. We can feel very deeply about a situation only to find out that that wasn't our perception of it wasn't accurate. Yeah. The person or, or individual who said something to us didn't mean that at all. And we just created that story in our mind and our feelings went out of whack. Um, our words take ownership of our words. We can say some really hurtful things. We can say some really amazing building things. Um, and then our actions, yeah. right? So we kind of talked about Blake, like you mentioned this earlier when you're talking about trying to find that, that spot to hide, right? Your actions there, you weren't taking ownership of your actions with that. Um, so those, those four areas are where we're taking these ownership of and accountability or responsibility for. Yeah. And that's, that's where. Brooke Castillo, we talked about this a couple times. I use that self-coaching model, which is um, the C-T-F-A-R, the circumstances are neutral, right? Mm -hmm. Circumstances are not good. They're not bad. They're neutral. But our thoughts about the circumstance create our feelings. Our feelings about our thoughts drive our actions and our actions create our results. And yeah. so if that's that flow, you're, can, you, can you have ownership over circumstance? No. Can you make it not rain today? No, no, you can't do that. Okay. But can you have ownership of how you think about that rain? Can you have, Absolutely. can you have ownership of what feelings you want created when the rain comes out? Because it rains all the time. And there are many times that I'm like, dang it, because maybe I wanted to go to the outdoor theater to watch a movie, you know, a drive-in. 
that stinks. Well, I guess you could stay in your car, but bad example. Anyway, um, Get what you're but going there for. are other times that it rains and I'm like, oh, thank goodness our, our garden needs this. Yes. And so it's your thought that's creating your emotional response, which then drives your action to something or, you know, or nothing or inaction, which is a type of action. Right. But Absolutely. we got to stay aligned to the vision. That's what this is about. Ownership. Um, taking ownership and responsibility at large is keeping an eye on the vision and then keeping a team to have their ownership and what they're doing to stay aligned to that vision so that that which actually matters in changing and helping and benefiting our world actually happens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the books that you had mentioned was uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Just want to encourage everybody to take an opportunity if they get that to read that. It is so good. Um, I'm actually due for a second time through on that. It's been a little while since I've read that. So I'm probably going to pick that up here shortly, but extreme um, ownership is another one. Extreme ownership. Okay. Yep. That's I'll a really good that one. I'll have to look that one up. That'd be good. Um, so remember we talked about ownership, right? 1% vision, 99% alignment means you got to own that vision, but you also have to own that alignment. That's where the most of the work is put in. That's where the effort is. Um, things we need to stop doing. The stops are important, right? Stop complaining, stop blaming, stop taking things personally. Um, start doing something, start being consistent, do little things, create a habit, and then start living in the present with our eyes on that goal. Um, and remember, we're taking, we're taking ownership, like we just talked about, about our thoughts, our feelings, our words, and our actions. Um, Thanks so much for joining us as we discussed how ownership and responsibility affect our leadership. See you guys next week. Also, we'd like to thank our very own Luke Van Tress, aka Mr. Boxes, for our kick-ass original theme song.